0: just kick us off so we can just get running on this because I kind of want to just dive in. Um, Hello, and thank all of you for joining us today at the Deleuze and Guadari Quarantine Collective's ongoing reading of Anti-Oedipus. Today we move into a 3.11 Oedipus at last. Uh, Jack, if you would do one more ping for everyone just so they know to get their asses in here. That would be great. Um, So everyone knows we're starting. Um, Hopefully they'll start diving in. The last uh, month, two months, six years, however long it's been since we started Uh, 3.7, 3.8 when we start moving into uh, the capitalist representation and the nature of those things, uh, we've been sort of heading back to trying to talk through how representation operates and ultimately how we come back to Oedipus, how Oedipus affects us today, how these things and representations play within the capitalist socius. It has felt like a year at Wimka. it's uh it's a journey to get through the last few sections because, as I said many times, this is where we start to see all of the ingredients that they've basically put forward in the first handful of chapters. They start growing things, and we're now at the place where everything is starting to intertwine, and the complexity is really there. So... It's important we take the time to, to annoy people and to, to answer those questions and to spend the time thinking because, as we are going to see even in this first paragraph of this next one, uh, it, is, it is a journey. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and dive right in. Thanks again for all of you for joining. In the territorial or even the despotic machine, social economic reproduction is never independent of human reproduction, of the social form of this reproduction. The family is therefore an open praxis, a strategy that is co-extensive with the social field. The relations of filiation and alliance are determinate, or rather, determined as dominant. As a matter of fact, what is marked or inscribed on the socius directly is the producers or non-producers according to the standing of their family or their standing inside the family. The reproduction process is not directly economic, but passes by way of the non-economic factors of kinship. This is true not only with respect to the territorial machine and to local groups that determine the place of each member in social economic reproduction, according to one's status from the standpoint of the alliance and affiliations, but also with respect to the despotic machine, which adds the relations of the new alliance and direct filiation to the old alliance and filiations. Whence the role of the sovereign's family in despotic overcoating and that of the dynasty, whatever its mutations, its indecisions, which are inscribed under the same category of the new alliance. The process, by no means, remains the same in the capitalist system. Representation no longer relates to a distinct object, but to productive activity itself. The socius, as full body, has become directly economic as capital money. It does not tolerate any other production preconditions. What is inscribed or marked is no longer the producers or non-producers, but the forces and means of production as abstract quantities that become effectively concrete in their becoming related or their conjunction. Labor capacity or capital, constant capital or variable capital, capital of filiation or capital of alliance. Capital has taken upon itself the relations of alliance and filiation. There ensues a privatization Of the family, according to which family ceases to give its social form to economic reproduction. It is as though disinvested, placed outside the field. In the language of Aristotle, the family is now simply the form of human matter or material that finds itself subordinated to the autonomous social form of economic reproduction, and that comes to take the place assigned it by the latter. That is to say, that the elements of production and anti-production are not reproduced in the same way as humans themselves, but find in them a simple material that the form of economic reproduction pre-organizes in a mode that is entirely distinct from the form this material has as human reproduction. Precisely because it is privatized, placed outside the field, the form of the material or the form of human reproduction Begets people whom one can readily assume to be all equal in relation to one another. But inside the field itself, the form of econ- social economic reproduction has already preformed the form of the material so as to engender, there where they are needed, the capitalist as a function derived from capital, and the worker as a function derived from labor capacity, etc., in such a way that the family finds itself. Countersected by the order of classes. In this sense, indeed, segregation is the only origin of equality. Uh, because we should start with, as possible, a difficult paragraph <laughs> right away. Um, uh, I want to take it bit by bit as we kind of make our way back through this. Uh, first, does anyone have any thoughts overall on this? Uh, concepts, things you want to sort of have as a as a chat through before I start diving in, I uh, have started streaming it as well for those of you who uh, may not be able to have two things open at once or want to read along with me. Um. So let, let's let's take it from the from the first. Uh, the, the first, as we sort of uh, set up here at a basic level, is a conversation about how reproduction happens socially and economically inside of the territorial the spodic machines, never as independent of human reproduction. Uh, if we go back, uh, again, the idea of me uh, giving birth to a child, my wife and I have kids, we have children in our family, um, Human reproduction and economic reproduction are intertwined. They're coextensive, uh, as they say here, with the social field. Uh, the relations of filiation and alliance are determinate. They're determined as dominant. Uh, the conversation starting here is uh, this understanding of the alliance and the filiative being something that is a lot more intertwined with the family and where the family is at or where I am at uh, in any sort of determinate moment. Um, uh, uh, Rimco wants to know about anti-production. Uh, let's save that for when we get there because that's, a, that's gonna be like six hours, uh, so buckle in. Um, that's gonna be fun. Um, no, you're, you're spot on it, because we're, we're talking early on. The, the thing that matters here is this line. What is marked or inscribed on the socius directly is the producers or non-producers according to the standing of their family or the standing inside the family. It, where your family is at is a, according to the kinship that you have, according to the family that you're born into. It's it's very tightly wound into it, a, a, a caste system of sorts that's determinant of that. Um, the These things are uh, determined as dominant, they are the basis, and they are, uh, again, intertwined with the sort of economic-ish systems that sort of sit there, but they pass by way of the non-economic factors of kinship. Uh, This reality, again, the way that families operate in the uh, the, uh, first socius or the second, um, the territorial or the despotic machine, They have children in order to continue to reproduce, to to make new kin, to make new alliances. Their affiliative line is is basically tied in. I'm going to be able to have a son; he can be a hunter. I have a daughter; Uh, she can be a wife, and I can do like these things are sort of born innately to uh, who my family is and how they're set up, where our alliances are. These things are, this tapestry is woven pre me being born and is sort of part of that entire. Uh, setup um, the line as it sort of continues here is as we start moving through uh, the, the setups and we move through to the despotic uh, we still have uh, this new alliance with the, the, uh, the monarch or the, the despot who's in charge uh, this still applies my my alliance and my direct filiation to these old and to the new These are the things that again determine my power, my my status within all of these things. Um, As we move to capitalist system, representation no longer is about this distinct objective element of the family or the the group uh, or the earth in the first or the despot in the second. But now we have this entire full body of capital that now is representation and as such, Everything has been fully removed from the family. The family is no longer intertwined with economic systems in the same way that uh, it was, uh, not nearly uh, as much. Uh, the phrasing that they have here uh, the socialist as full body has become directly economic as capital money. It does not tolerate other preconditions. The only thing the socialist cares about now is cash. Like it is, is capital money. It doesn't give a shit about cast. It like it literally doesn't. It's it just is going and going and going. It doesn't give a fuck about producers or non-producers. But instead, what matters is abstract quantities that become concrete in their becoming, related to their conjunction. To go back to uh, the previous sections um, and. The thing that matters is, is it labor capacity or capital? Is it constant capital or variable? Is it capital affiliation or alliance? This is all the socialist cares about at this point. Capital itself has owned, owns the alliance and the affiliative. It's been removed from my existence and my experience and my sort of uh, uh, setup. Um, uh, Misha asks, there's still a relation of infinite debt. Oh, they'll get to that, but it's not in the same way of infinite debt that uh, the despot would have, for example, where I have an infinite debt to the despot because of my aligned or affiliate relations with that, I don't have a relationship with capital. Like it's not like the capital's not like my dad or my mom or um, in my line or uh, the neighboring village or the neighboring kingdom or sister or whatever. The relationship's not the same it's 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 removed and now capital owns that entirely there is infinite debt still but now all of that exists within capital we'll get to that i think very specifically misha but that's a that's my understanding of it jack anyone want to jump in
1: yeah um yeah so your point something's changed right when we move from the the former two socii to the third one right there's a huge transition. And I do think you you've pretty much got it, right that the um, I mean the change on one hand, the familial, but it's in the system of recording and the way that that works, right. And what constitutes a family in a sense is changing too, because when I think about when I think about the first socius, I mean the family is it's more open, isn't it, right? The uncle, the aunt. those are things that are are caught up in representation, but also, that second synthesis in the same way the despotic um, is still concerned with that but uh, now with the sort of the caveat that it's all passing through the medium of um, and I like the word dynasty right that, that there is a family but it's a family in, con- in connection with um, something sort of sovereign right that uh, the familial and the despotic is not necessarily this earthly thing, like in the the primitive, but is instead part of a part of an empire, part of a democracy, um, part of some sovereignty um, that determines the familial right that's um, that's both determined and determining uh, but in the third one I, I like the way you're getting at it in terms of that quote you read, right that now affiliation and uh, alliance are being um, configured through things like labor, or I like the way they say it, like fits in um, variable cost, right? Um, that capital is now acting um, in a sense as a medium here, right? But in, in doing so, so I almost read like we're losing the referent, right? The objects in the world are no longer at uh, the states here, which is if you go to signification, right? Um, the signifiers or the signifieds. Uh, aren't really the concern for capital, right? It's not a question of the markings or what those markings mean um, in a larger sense, right? Because capitalism is illiterate. It doesn't read. Um, Instead, what you've got is a question of the process of production itself, which is now becoming concrete uh, concrete on its own. And you can think to the figures, right? The way the figures themselves are actively... um, Sort of strangu- str- strangulating, sort of strangling um, codes in that that those codes are tied up to the uh, the, the alliance and the affiliate, right? So the figures and ca- capital enables, and here you go. Here's here's your conclusive point. the The figures that capital uh, enables associates, right? Um, not only supplant the affiliate and alliance um, in terms of the codes that are already there right? These are those archaisms they keep talking about, but those figures also um, would seem to be themselves part mm-hmm. of a new affiliative and alliance system that is, um, to use their their term, and I think it's brilliant, uh, that are themselves becoming concrete, right? Well, and again, we have to talk through the, the
0: shifts as we're moving through from one socius to another. The because there's a there's this other dimension this sort of metasocial dimension that's been added didn't exist in the primitive when he's talking about the primitive with the earth socius we're talking about the tribe or within the tribe or within a family or a collective of people as sort of a, a narco-communist sort of vibes the shift towards the despot introduces political power and politics sure there's politics in the primitive there's there's always an economy like we can break these things down but the, the usage that they're being very specific about here is this like political economy of where power and the despot essentially, uh, a, outside of my direct experience, now owns the alliance, uh, owns the, the filiative and, and controls such things. And all is owed to them this political power of movement back and forth, the political relations of despotism. And as we kind of um, uh, did the recording stop? Oh, it bounced. That's okay. We're we're streaming. It's it's a it happens. Um as we move to capital, there's a shift towards the economic that's really fascinating because capital itself now takes on what the despot had. Now capital, this displaced thing, this abstract thing, owns the affiliative and the alliant. And as such, our economic relations are now sort of introduced to us and made explicit. Again people have had money, merchants existed for years, but capital is a very unique form of such a thing that uh, sort of brings political power and economic power to the forefront. And again, away from, as they're talking about here, away from the family, away from ourselves, away from our direct experience. And as such, there's this really uh, interesting thing about what makes us have our social investments or pushes us uh, towards the actions that we take. And specifically, capital takes uh, this basis and this, this focus of social investments uh, sort of across everything. And the play that they're making here is that, is that we're now, uh, it's now displaced, the, the, the nature, it's the line they talk about here. Um, uh, the family is now simply the form of human matter or material that finds itself subordinated to the autonomous social form of economic reproduction and that comes to take the place assigned it by the latter. The family does what economic production sort of demands. And then here's, the, we'll, here's where we get to you, uh, Remke. Uh, uh, elements of production and anti-production are not reproduced in the same ways as humans themselves but find in them a simple material that the form of economic reproduction pre-organizes in a mode that is entirely distinct from this form this material has as human reproduction.
2: (sighs) There's
0: a lot said uh, inside of that sentence. Oh my God, there's so much that's said right there. Um, uh, Let's break it down. Um, Because I I don't think I'm able to form full thoughts about the entire thing. the elements of production and anti-production are not pre- reproduced in the same way as humans themselves. Um, again, when we talk about the primitive, humans are made. I reproduce. I have a kid. I have a daughter on the way. That's how I used to reproduce. Like that's how my filiative line would be reproduced. That's how, like, literal production was me making family. I made little humans, and then I, human reproduction is production that shift over time that didn't really change in the despotic very much my a significant thing i did was continue to have children and families for the monarch for the god whatever it may be as i moved to kind of that next step where it's capital now it is privatized now my reason is outside of the social field now the form of human reproduction now reproduction moves it's in a different space the to say another way, capital now begets capital. Capital reproduces. Capital is the filiative. We'll get to that. Um, the comment here about uh, uh, production and anti-production um, that we've had for years, uh, anti-production is one of those things that's very difficult to sort of, uh, sort of talk through because uh, everyone has their own take on it. Uh, Jack, do you wanna give a shot to give a good example or two?
1: Oh an anti I mean, I would wait till you get to the death drive sections because that will give you more material to work with um because right here they're just pointing at it, right what they're really driving at is the the whole hemelvian um Yom uh, that too <laughs> that whole uh, ontology of linguistics right as it as it pertains to what um as it pertains to the second synthesis
3: um yeah but it's important to have
0: like a top line of what anti-production is in order to understand that sentence because it's not again anti-production is not like uh uh something that's combating production it's not anti-production it's it's not even really anti-matter that again it's not something that like destroys production it's not against production the phrasing is really awkward um the It's really a tough one. Uh, Give me two seconds to find a good source and a good quote to explain it because I can't do it off the top of my head.
1: Uh, While you're doing that, then I'll pick up on that that passage. Please. So what what I'm reading into that then in terms of like the the family and that, right? So, I mean, uh, what Britsa said I think is spot on, right? The family and the, the human are intimately bound up in reproduction, the first two socii, right? Uh, They go hand in hand. Um, But there's something changing here, and this will get into the conclusion of the section, which is um, something that's not human-centric, right, the non-anthropocentric, something that can't be understood through the medium of humans is really developing here. And that's because of what's happening to production and reproduction uh, in social representation, right? In some ways, this is kind of a positive thing, but it also, you know, there's there's a lot um, given up for this re-territorialization. But with this point about the the figures and that, right, what they're kind of getting at here is that um, because of the becoming concrete, right, to do that kind of process, uh, the system of uh, the way the second synthesis is going to uh, kind of develop and happen here so as to eventually get at the conjunct of third synthesis. that will produce the intensities where this can be, where what is produced can become concrete. Um, you get, right, so form and material, right? You get the material of the family, and this time kind of dehumanized, right? Or at least in such a way that uh, the familial doesn't have to be through the, through the human, right? They give the example in the previous section of, um, was it daddy, labor, mother, As a now daddy, capital, mommy, labor, and worker, me, or something like that. But right there, right, the familial itself is in terms of money and labor. Typical economic argument, right? But with that, too, that kind of materiality, you have a form being developed, right? So this is all getting at how the figures can happen in terms of expression. So as to actively, right, they, they exist in relation to those codes, but at the same time, um, they're basically disseminating and destroying them, right? Do you have your uh, page there, Brutz, or do you want me to follow up on that?
0: No, no, no. I I think follow up, feel free. I think we will save, because the anti-production conversation, I think, does work best with the death drive. Really just top line, uh, just to read just a, a quick passage. Uh, anti-production represents a moment in production that occurs as a result of primal repression. For Deleuze and Guattari, anti-production appears to be autonomous, but is not. It operates alongside production, but is liable to being rerouted into the dominant productive processes and becoming recoded into the forms of representation used by this system. This definition takes the form of an internal process that can become hijacked by capitalist subjectivity and production. Um, It's from Particulations, a wonderful little blog that I've gotten my bookmarks um uh, worth uh checking out um but again when what we're talking about is uh, essentially the the productive elements within the first three syntheses the connective the disjunctive and the conjunctive in that it is uh the sort of productive energy but also anti-production that is made depending on various forms of repression that sort of
3: take place and the death drive and repetition is a huge part of that Hunger as an anti-production to the stomach organ. Uh, is hunger anti-production?
1: I'm not sure in and of itself, right? I mean, it kind of depends. If we're talking about hunger as an intensity, right? And uh, in that sense, like not necessarily a lack per se. Depending on how we want to deal with hunger. Um, It kind of depends where you want to put that in terms of production, in terms of are we talking about intensities being distributed um, in terms of subjectivity? Are we talking about the breast and the mouth where things are connecting and capacities are then being, um, in terms of disjunction, starting to function to do something in terms of hunger? Right. So I don't know if hunger would necessarily be anti-production. And this is kind of where you need the whole Thanatos thing, right? You need the whole, like, Freudian death drive uh, to walk you into what I think they're doing with anti-production. So I guess the answer is not necessarily no. <laughs> my, I, would, I, would say, I would
0: say no. I would say no. Uh, hunger would not be necessarily that. There's a lot of connections being made there that may even be positive. It's, uh, anti-production isn't necessarily even a, a negative. It's not even necessarily a bad thing. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to break down in that way. Um, so you have, you have a bunch of organs, the body without organs and the disconnection that happens A body without organs is the thing that helps you disconnect. Uh, an animal will sit and gnaw a bone for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but a healthy person will, oh, that's good. I'm done now there. There's a satisfaction or a pull away or a break. Uh, as they say earlier, the body without organs slips between uh, the connections and sort of disconnects on its slippery surface. And in that disconnection, there is uh, there's a lot of different possibilities of sort of what is produced. Specifically, anti-production tends to go towards the neurotic side of everything, the hyper-repetition, the, the drive towards, uh, again, death drive uh, being, and Thanatos being a pretty important concept for this, uh, the, the desire to do it again, 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 again. Um, the the stimulation and having the image of it and wanting the image of it and having that become more concrete than the actual desire or production is a little bit more, I think, in the direction of things. I think hunger itself is
3: something everyone can experience that isn't necessarily anti-production. Maybe I'm rambling a bit much. Mm. That's all production, I think. Uh, anti-production would be um, uh, desiring hunger, uh, perhaps, and believing that, uh, that
0: this is the, the chaste way to be, is to, is to forego
3: such things and uh, have your sort of desire pushed in that direction. Perhaps. That may be a terrible example. It's a tough one. We'll get to it. Because there's a lot more said on anti-production because it's kind of an important part of uh, capitalism like literally the next paragraph um uh, i don't have a point
1: on anti-production but then just to finish this into the next paragraph right um but inside the field itself the form of social economic reproduction has already performed the form. Preform the form of material so as to engender, right? So the material and the form, there's something happening there, and now we're moving to an expression. There where they are needed, the capitalist as a function derived from capital and the worker as a function derived from labor capacity and so on, in such a way that the family finds itself countersected by the order of classes. In this sense, indeed, segregation is the origin of equality. Wherever that's from in March, right? But uh, the last thing I want to touch on, uh, as we move into that paragraph coming up, um, I did think this was a nice illustration of the way that you're getting the expression and this this question of the figures, um, as they relate to different codes, right? So, I, if I remember correctly, class comes into play during the despotic, right? Mm-hmm. And so class is still kind of here, but it's countersected. Or rather, the family finds itself countersected by the order of classes, and more so. I think the interesting thing is that, uh, in terms of the family as kind of a pre-formation, right? You're getting the capitalist functionally derived from capital. So the things that do the function of capitalist that perform capitalist functions have that derived from capital, right? So this is kind of your your. I think this was the d of x part. Um, no, the d of y, d of y part. Whereas with the D of X part, you've got uh, the worker as a function derived from labor capacity, right? You've got this um, this aspect of expression, I think, where the, uh, the performative, especially in terms of what things will do, their functionality, um, is itself not only being um, created here, right? But in such a way that it's going to, um, and I really like the use of the word derived here, right? Is that something like the capitalist is kind of derived, and it's almost like it's um, it's almost like it stands in contrast to congealing in Marx, right? If you've read like the first, I mean, the first volume of capitalist comes up all the time, right? Things congeal, they stick to things. Here, it's more like different performances, different roles, different functions are not only being derived from production, but in the way that the, the disjunct and conjunct sit in, in relation to each other. The expression that um production is going to allow to things like the familial and through recording is itself going through um this kind of secondary process becoming concrete allows for this derivation.
0: I, I think it could be said um slightly differently, because I I have a I love that interpretation because it's a little bit more in depth specifically in how representation plays into it. To me, it's a drive of where uh, the pressures are for my choice I- in life, why I am doing what I'm doing effectively. The the lines that they talk about here, I think, uh, at this very end, um, the capitalist as a function derived from capital, the worker as a function derived from labor capacity in a way that the family finds it countersected. Um It's one of the, not to be tropey, but the last 200 years, you'll see you know, cartoons or TV shows about people who they say, oh, my name is uh, Steven Schumacher, which means shoemaker, quite literally. Once upon a time, what you did was determined by your family, who your father was, where you were born, like the family setup, that's not the case at all anymore. Uh, You are determinate as a worker purely based on your labor capacity uh, versus your capital capacity versus any other capacity for production. That's it. That's your relation to the marketplace. Your parents are very much not the determinant of that. The amount of capital they have is, sure, but that's kind of the end of that. It's it's the amount of capital you have is determinant of where you are. So um, this this conversation they're having and this shift where the at, at one point, you could say uh, long ago when everyone had their families and everyone was You know sort of you know doomed to repeat whatever their father was and kind of continue that lineage you could say that not everyone was equal because people born into this will make more money than that uh the the difference being now we can say that everyone's equal because we've privatized all of it everyone's kind of got this sort of liberal egalitarian silliness to how we are equalized But we're not, because what's been determined is our relations to capital and our labor capacity at a base layer. And as such, the family, which once was how I knew what I would be doing with my life or the work I would be doing or how I'd be relating to the social field, uh, has been completely collapsed into none of this. And it's completely determinate outside of the family. The family is irrelevant, I guess would be the way to put it.
1: You know, I, I kind of like that if I could play off that for a moment, because it's gonna, it's I think it's gonna get into where they go into Ricardo and Smith and Martz in the end, um, yep, yep, and your whole Luther thing and that. But yeah, I mean, right, the familial in terms of like your 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 personal mother, or your personal father, and that whole shtick of kinship. Um, yeah, you know, that's not really what's going on in the disjunctive anymore. Now you're your parents um, or any assemblages' parents, right? If we really want to take this into the full perspective, any any connective synthesis is going to be represented through the parents of uh, capital and labor, right? And that will be what uh, birthed them, if you like, in any given situation, any given event and so on. And so with that too, like to your point about the segregation and the inequality, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to read the full footnote, but just playing off of what you said, I mean, That is kind of the idea with the division of labor, right, is that if you like working in silos, economically speaking, or being able to be grouped according to labor capacity and financialization, right, whatever money is appropriate to whatever any any silo is doing, that is kind of the basis for how we're going to talk about equality. It's going to be, if you like, financing and funding and the work people do whether it's the work going into that or the work that they could do, right? Input-output. So segregation
3: is your, your your equality there, right? Yeah. Um, Misha, what you're saying
0: now does not, about the family does not read true from a sociological perspective. Most relevant signifier for your personal, cultural, or cash capital is still the family. No. I. I, I yes and no. The family I'm born into is almost irrelevant if everyone dies and i get all of their capital there's some level where yes being donald trump's kid or being uh this specific man's kid has that there's some prestige there but that's the political social realm there's some level of that it's completely subordinate to the economic though like the the reality is if uh Whatever family we may be born to, we're born to a labor family or we're born to a capitalist family. And we, our relationship to the social order is that first. Now, there's other layers, like it's for sure. But um, how many, to say another way, uh, how many absolutely successful families are all pure labor? It's just not a thing like are you can be born to a very very skillful collective of poor workers who are very good workers and no one gives a shit like that's not really a thing that exists you're born to a famous capitalist family and your relationship is dependent on that if you burn through all of your capital doesn't matter what family you're a part of if you do that it happens pretty regularly these days so it's a it's a combination but it's definitely um it's it's not the family in the same way as it used to be, where you were born into that and that family was determinant of your relationship to the social order. It's not the same way. I would argue. But please, Misha, if you want to jump in.
1: If I if I could just preempt uh, the Misha uh just before you get into it, because I think I know where you, you might be taking it. Keep in mind the criticism they're going to explicitly levy in chapter four, which is that um um, it's okay if you haven't read this far, but that's why I'm, I'm preempting it, because um, I see it in your response. Um, basically, Deleuze and Guattari are going to say, you can't access the familial through the social, or excuse me, you cannot make the familial the condition of the social, right? That is to say that um, it's not as though the familial pre-exists the social, and the social is birthed by the familial, Right. When we're talking about the social, we're going into the familial and its use as representational.
0: I I actually think, Jack, the next paragraph answers it pretty cleanly.
1: Oh, well then, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about the family very specifically, Meech. This placing of the family outside the social field is also its greatest social fortune, for it is the condition under which the entire social field can be applied to the family. Individual persons are social persons first of all, i.e., functions derived from the abstract quantities. They become concrete in the becoming related, or the axiomatic of these quantities in their conjunction. They are nothing more nor less than configurations or images produced by the point signs, the break flows, the pure figures of capitalism. The capitalist as personified capital, i.e., as a function derived flow of capital, and the worker as personified labor capacity, i.e. a function derived from the flow of labor. In this way, capitalism fills its field of eminence with images, even destitution, despair, revolt, and on the other side, the violence and the oppression of capital, become images of destitution, despair, revolt, violence, or oppression. But starting from non-figurative figures or from the breaks flows that produce them, these images will themselves be capable of figuring and reproducing only by shaping a human material whose specific form of reproduction falls outside the social field that nonetheless determines this form. Private persons are therefore images of the second order, images of images, that is, simulacra, that are thus endowed with an aptitude for representing the first order images of social persons. These private persons are formally delimited in the locus of the restricted family as father, mother, child. But instead of being a strategy that, through the action of alliances and filiations, opens onto the entire social field, is coextensive with it, encounters sex its coordinates, it would appear that family is now merely a simple tactic around which the social field recloses, to which it applies its autonomous requirements of reproduction, and that it counteracts with all its dimensions. The alliances and filiations no longer pass through people, but through money. So the family becomes a microcosm, suited to expressing what it no longer dominates. In a certain sense, the situation has not changed. For what is invested through the family is still the economic, political, and cultural social field, its breaks and flows. Private persons are an illusion, images of images, or derivatives of derivatives. But in another sense, everything has changed. Because the family, instead of constituting and developing the dominant factors of social reproduction, is content to apply and envelop these factors in its own mode of reproduction. Father mother and child thus become the simulacrum of the images of capital mr capital and madam earth the child the worker with the result that these images are no longer recognized at all in the desire that is determined to invest only their simulacrum the familial determinations become the application of the social axiomatic
3: to go back to misha's question because it's a good one um prior to capital Uh, wealthy
0: families did what wealthy families do but their works and what they did opened onto the social field if you quite literally think of it as that almost like a topography of as my family opens up we pour out onto the world the switch is on the surface seems the same no and under capital it's the family is still there and they're still doing the same stuff but it's quite the opposite in that capital is almost opening up into the family that. They're recreating itself. It's 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 making the family in its own image. Granted, yes, your best determinant of whether or not you're going to be rich in this world is, what's the joke? Uh, how do you make a billion dollars? Start with a billion dollars. Like, yes, this is still the case, that this is the case. Rich families beget rich kids. But the reason for these things and what causes us to be what we are has shifted. Again, We've got to think about how, uh, and it's difficult for us because we're talking about a completely different social and personal organization of our desires, but when we were imminent to familial or the affiliative and the alliance set up in kind of everything actually, when, when what I did was determinate by the social field directly, I was part of it, I'm I was, I was dealing with it and having to deal with it. I was having it recorded directly into my skin. I was oppressed directly by the king being ordered to do very specific things as a subject of the king. These are direct realities. Everyone, even rich kids, they all grow up not being connected to the, socials, the social order in the same way. Instead, the families uh, reproduce the social order in their home. Uh, generally speaking the strong father the weak mother uh, and the 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 child who's fitting into one of those categories as a secondary sort of reproduction they do what they do because this is capital reproducing itself within the family that's a switch on the surface these images of images these the simulacra appears the same but how desire is produced how my subjectivity is produced is drastically different from the bottom up.
3: Does that make sense, Misha? Because it is, your point's completely fair. It's a very specific uh, wording, and I
0: probably um, uh, misspoke the first time I was talking through it, which is, it's a fair comment. we are talking about generally people in power staying in power. Like I'm not going to disagree with that at all. It's, it's about how those people are generated, how people are made, how production exists, why we do the things we do and the organization of it. And the simulacra that's able to represent, as they say, the first order images of social persons is, uh, once you like to me, when the first time I really grasped that, it was a little terrifying to sort of think through, um, as someone who's raising a, a son, and I've got a daughter on the way. How absolutely true this is—the sort of nature of it. They'll get into this, um, and Holland, I think, puts it best that um, the social order no longer raises children. It doesn't raise people. It doesn't create people. Now the family's left to do that through axiomatics, through rules. One of the lines in early on here where they talk about um, the uh, the Capitalist as personified capital, a function derived from the flow. They're nothing more or less than configurations or images produced by point signs, blank flows, the pure figures of capitalism. All I could think is uh, being raised in a household where the phrase was, you need to do an honest day's work. That's the demand from a working class family. That's the nature of the beast. Uh, these, the The idea of working on a computer all day or playing video games was wasting time Uh, calluses were something to be proud of. Uh, My dad was proud that he worked 80 to 100 hour weeks because it showed he was a good man providing for his family. These are not social relations determinant of him. He's not up against those. These are rules he was taught and rules I was taught and rules that I pray to God I'm not passing on. But this is a, a different mentality of how we are produced and how we produce. And very specifically, what's shifted is the social order's no longer building people. Now it's us um, who are building people, and we do it through this reproduction. Um, and the line I love at the very end, um, father, mother, and child thus become the simulacrum of the images of capital, Mr. Capital, Madame Earth, and their child, the worker, with the result that these images are no longer recognized at all in the desire that is determined to invest only their simulacrum, that's the, that's the line. Uh, the desire that is dis- determined to invest only their simulacrum doesn't even recognize these, doesn't give a shit, doesn't get these images. The familial determinations become the application of the social axiomatic. Families are produced now by these axiomatics and the family determinant as such is reproduced by capital And that is a very different beast than once upon a time, us being formed by literally the world we were living in and the Alliant or Affiliative that we had to deal with imminently. It's a really amazing uh, bit. Sorry, Misha, please. I
4: I think uh, this is, uh, you're totally right that this uh, paragraph uh, sort of explained everything. Um, I uh, think it's a really interesting take also to use Simulacra here. Um. Uh, to to explain it, but I think my point my point still stands from a perspective of personal experience slash sociology, in the sense that, um, perhaps it doesn't matter that much, um, from a from a subjective standpoint, uh, if it's a simulacra or not, um, when the forces of uh strat- stratification are still so strongly linked to the family de facto even though it's not the source i guess that was my point
0: that's a fair one i i would respond and say um to me because I, I agree completely the, the family de facto is probably in, one of the most important things in terms of where we exist inside of the social order uh however i would ask Two things. First, why? What's driving that? And um, there's obviously a billion reasons, but to me, capital is it. Um, the the second part to me um, is what is it pushing from and towards? What are the? What is the energy coming out of? Where is desire coming from, and where is it heading towards? Because if it's uh, if the family is the most powerful, is it? the the political nature from the despot which is still within capital like absolutely there's politics still here we still have the erstat that is like under underneath everything and playing its roles but capital runs it um just like you can't I, i couldn't say that there's no such thing as a state anymore i don't mean to say there's no such thing as a family or that the family isn't the determinant thing america as a state wins like over all things because of its hegemonic brutal awful shithole power but capital is the reason it was able to do these things and how it organizes this massive uh military industrial complex in some of the most brutal ways that ever has happened so what's driving it is a push towards this for me that's why i i attach to this and i i i think that matters uh a little bit does that make sense um Tyrant says, "Weird how they use simulacra as image of images, like the Baudrillard sense." Uh, D has a very different understanding of the word in difference and in repetition. Um, he has a very similar understanding as the Baudrillard sense in logic, a sense though. Um, there's an inconsistency with the usage of some of those. Uh, we we literally just got through the phantasm and uh, we've been reading through simulacrum the last like two or three weeks in logic, a sense, and it's it's not drastically far from the sense. Budriardian? Bodriardian? Uh, sense of the word. Jack, am I far off there?
3: Because it's definitely you're right oh. turn, and it's not the same as DNR, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean I'm trying to think of how they're different.
1: In so I mean I understand uh, Oh, good. Oh, are you talking, are you talking difference repetition or simulacrum yeah. simulacrum?
4: In, in difference and in repetition, I think he, uh, I don't remember precisely, but I think he kind of says everything is kind of simulacrum.
0: He does. I mean, he implies it pretty heavily. It's a little different than image of images. It, to him, image itself is the image of images, almost. Actually, that, did I give myself a stroke? Um
3: yeah um, yeah, yeah, I think I don't know. It's just kind of hard to wrap my head around as well
4: Like it makes sense on the face of it, right? but since I'm trying to read both these things at the same time, it's like I'm kind of having that conflict.
3: Simulacra he defines as
0: those systems in which different relates to different by means of difference itself um there is no prior identity no internal resemblance which does pull away from the baudrillardian i don't know whatever plato and simulacrum we're reading i think in like 2 weeks if you want to join us tiernan because like it's his longest one and he really does go deep into simulacrum there and i'd love
3: uh, i'd love to have you involved in that one sure yeah sounds good um any uh, questions, notes on
0: this paragraph before we continue on. Um, Misha says, it's just the most obvious signifier to me, uh, hum- human- humanly, humanity family, Misha. If you want to look for clues on capital flows and aggregation, you can look at the family tree and probably get the answer. I agree, however, that it doesn't imply causality by any means and can get on board with the simulacra of it. I think I think we're saying the same thing and coming towards it. Um, Again, their point here is the shift. It's a very specific shift. I may be pulling more out of it than there is, but the thing I'm fairly confident they're pointing at is that the big change is that once upon a time, my affiliate and my alliance was the thing I was directly up against and dealt with. I lived on the grid of where I was in that intersection, my social order. All of that's been wholly removed from me. First, it was uh, imminent, and then it was kind of put in this king, and it kind of went through me, but all the lines went to one dude or woman. But now it's just completely over there. It's a social order is not part of the family. it's determinant by capital, and as such, it's removed from that. Now there's family and politics is still a powerful force, but it's no longer imminent to the social order, and that distance gives the ability for the family to do what it does, which is reproduce capitalism and capital and its representations as simulacrum within the family itself uh, through axiomatics and
3: demands on the child. Um, I mean, I
1: can't figure out... I'm still trying to understand where we're agreeing or disagreeing in that sense. That's Um, probably fair. Because the hard part for me is like when you say signifier, right? they're talking about figures now. So it wouldn't really, I mean, maybe there's still signifiers in a certain sense, right? Cause there's still code, but um, it's the, it's the figures, right? That, that's happening here. It's that Yezmelvian. Yelm Slevian. There it is. <laughs> <Yelm> Slevian. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it's, it's that, um, I'm going to use glossmatics, right? Cause I like use go. the ton of glossmatics, it's much English. better. Much better. It's the glossmatics of it all, right? Because, um, like, at this point of the Simulacrum, as I'm reading it, right, it's basically what we were talking about last time with Bezos. It's this problem of, like, oh, man, we've got, you know, Mr. Capitalist, Bezos, and Mommy or er- um, yeah, mommy Earth, right? Madam Earth, right? The natural or the raw resources, right? Since this is being economically... Um, um, kind of conditioned if you like uh and yet when we were like well what's beyond the Bezos is capitalist thing that's where we went we went to the familial right guy's a father guy's a husband guy's got kids you know and i i think that's kind of the hard thing about this is you know i almost find myself wondering here um does the familial is it that second order the familial right that comes um you know, kind of like we did there, where Bezos as capitalist leads us to Bezos as the fami- um, father. Oh, are you wondering if... Bezos you, as father leading us to Bezos as capitalist, right? Are you
0: wondering if the family becomes sub-aggregate uh, to the whole of the social field? Because I'm, I can tell you the answer in the next paragraph.
1: <laughs> Take his own, Brooks. <laughs> All right.
0: The family becomes the sub-aggregate to which the whole of the social field is applied. Since each person has his own private father and mother, it is a distributive sub-aggregate that simulates for each person the collective whole of social persons, and that closes off his domain and scrambles his images. Everything is reduced to the father-mother-child triangle, which reverberates the answer daddy-mommy every time it is stimulated by the images of capital. In short, Oedipus arrives. It is born in the capitalist system of the application of first order social images to the private familial images of this second order. It is the aggregate of destination that corresponds to an aggregate of departure that is socially determined. It is our intimate colonial formation that corresponds to the form of social sovereignty. We are all little colonies and it is Oedipus that colonizes us. When the family ceases to be a unit of production and of reproduction, when the conjunction again finds in the family the meaning of a simple unit of consumption, it is father-mother that we consume. In the aggregate of departure, there is the boss, the foreman, the priest, the tax collector, the cop, the soldier, the worker, all the machines and territorialities, all the social images of our society. But in the aggregate of destination, in the end, there is no longer anyone. But Daddy, Mommy, and me, the despotic sign inherited by Daddy, the residual territoriality assumed by mommy, and the divided, split, castrated ego. Isn't this operation of flattening, folding, or application what leads the con to say, willingly betraying the secret of psychoanalysis, analysis as an applied axiomatic, what appears to come most freely into play? in what is called the analytic dialogue, in fact, depends on a sub-foundation that is perfectly reducible to a few essential and formalizable articulations. Everything is preformed, arranged in advance, the social field where everyone acts and is acted upon as a collective agent of enunciation, an agent of production and anti-production is reduced to Oedipus where everyone now finds himself cornered and cut along the line that divides him into an individual subject of the statement and an individual subject of enunciation. The subject of the statement is the social person, the subject of enunciation, the private person. So, it's your father, so it's your mother, so it's you. The familial conjunction results from the capitalist conjunctions in so far as they are applied to private persons. Daddy, mommy, me, one is sure to re-encounter them everywhere since everything has been applied to them. The reign of images is the new way in which capitalism utilizes the schizzes and diverts the flows. Composite images, images flattened onto other images so that when this operation reaches its outcome, the little ego of each person related to its father-mother is truly the center of the world, much more underhanded. In the subterranean reign of the fetishes of the earth or the celestial reign of the despot's idols is the advent of the Oedipal narcissistic machine. Quote, No more glyphs or hieroglyphs will have a real objective reality. Our Kodak vision, to every man, to every woman, the universe is just a setting, to the absolute little picture of himself, herself, a picture, a Kodak snap in a universal film of snaps. End quote. Each person has a little triangulated microcosm. The narcissistic ego
3: is identical with the Oedipal subject. That's a fucking good paragraph. If I can say that, I'm just going to say that. That's a fucking good paragraph.
0: Uh, It's a long one, though. Um, As we're talking about, again, the... Affiliative and alliance moving beyond us and being placed outside of into the, the social sphere is no longer part of us and sort of tied into the, the way the family operates, the way my son is learning how to relate to the world or how to relate to the social world is by relating to the only people he has, me and my wife. That's it. Uh, he's building relations with us, not with the social world, not with everyone who's around. He's not Engaging with a whole tribe uh, of of tons of people, aunts and uncles. Uh, Most of us are deeply atomized from our families anyway. Anyone here raised by a big family? Not really a modern thing to do, especially in America. Uh, And so uh, my son has his daddy. He has his mommy. And as such, as he goes, everything needs to relate to this small triangulation that he's been put into. And everything becomes mommy's job or daddy's job and relates to them. Mommy did this, daddy did that, I did this. Uh,
3: and um, Oedipus colonizes through that process his uh, little mind. That's depressing as shit. I just depressed myself. Why do I do this fucking reading?
1: Oh, uh, in some sense, we can expand it too, right? Not to really bum you out. No, you're mean, gonna you're gonna ruin my day,
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like you're doing you you're doing like what Fromm does, right? Like you can't talk about your marriage in terms of partnership because that puts it in terms of capital, right? Yeah. And he's concerned that the familial, um, if you like, is going to end up at the um, the capital, right? At the capitalist and so forth. Uh, but Deleuze and Gladier are kind of saying, um, not only is it the inverse, but actually that's kind of worse than that, right? Because now you're, you don't even realize that you're stuck a representation there, right? Because um, you get a family, but your family is, right, it's through capital and it's um, the way it's being produced. basically it's through economics, right? Your, the familial is going to be through the lens of economics, but then you get um, the way that that is kind of personalized through things like daddy, mommy, me, right? So that you get something kind, kind of human, um although i mean the institution can be your daddy too right but it's that that interplay of like that the institution can be your father and so on well and it's a demand Um, specifically
0: as to my private life and my public life and if you want to talk about something that the internet and streaming and everything and social media has just ramped up and set fire to with gasoline it's this this split between the private sphere, segregated from social production, and my private life I don't share with anyone, and then a public or economic sphere um, that is uh, reproduction of its own within that space. And it has you're talking about devastating results for, especially kids growing up into it, because you're talking about deeply axiomatized flows as people are privately dealing with their own matters rather than having to deal with public uh which would be
3: you know actually dealing with ourselves inside of a larger society
2: uh
4: can i maybe describe an image and you tell me if that if that is sort of correct Um, sure sure is it is it a bit like how um sort of there's a strategy um, of capital to use the edible, similar to how the witches in Rodal, uh, sort of perform human until they take their skin off and reveal their wickedness. Um, is it like a way? Is the edible a way to make capital ed- edible?
1: <laughs> I I don't know if it's um, I don't know if it's something true underneath, right? that is this, I don't know if it's some sort of deeper layer that's actually being kind of hidden, but I like what you're saying there if you take it in terms of just images, right? So if you do a call and reply, right, I say something, uh, I say, uh, you know, um, do you know the muffin man? And you you say the reply, right, the kind of refrain there. And if you put your analogy in terms of something like that, where if you like the image of the, um you said it was a witch and a human was it oh
4: yeah but well, i mean it could it could be the lizard people or whatever like it, it's just okay. the is sure. from rodell which is i think in 19, okay. in, in the,
1: yeah, whatever. so it's as though every time you encounter the image of the lizard person you find um at the point of arrival the image of the witch right that you end up facing both in a sense but almost in such a way that your point of departure and point of arrival are that intimately linked, right? Because that, that relationship is one of representation, so much so that um, that representation's condition is this kind of economical family, right? So every time you encounter the economical, which is part of the social here, right? The socioeconomical. You encounter the familial as a, as a not a counter image, but a, um, a complementary image, right? In the same way that a call comes with a reply they they uh they don't necessarily echo each other they harmonize, but at the same time there there's a difference between them that is itself kind of complementary um,
3: yeah I, I i
0: to me we're 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 talking about something slightly different um we're we're talking about uh within the family I, Oedipus doesn't have a A drive in the same way that like it's like not like a subject or it's a thought process It's it's a series of parts that over time have kind of morphed all the parts of Oedipus have kind of been there but it took a very particular type of social formation for it to take hold as it has and those shifting bits over time have gotten us to the point where we are now where we're talking about um how through Oedipus, we now exist only with representations in the family instead of a child growing up within the social order itself. Or even having a child is the thing that's now completely divorced from the social order. Um, people don't have kids now because they can't afford it. Like that's the reason that most people give, oh, why haven't you started a family? Why haven't you gotten married? Because I don't have money. I don't, have a, I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's not the same thing as prior to this, because those are economic reasons. That's a strictly economic as um, having a family in order as part of the social sort of formation of having a family, which was a demand in the social order, very eminent one that people had for a lot of different reasons. There's, we now, we now have these drives that are divorced from things. Why do we need to have a family? well, I don't know. There's actually very little reason to actually produce more people. They just cost more money. They don't provide anything for me. I'm not trading daughters for wives or having more workers in my house. Like, it's, they just cost me money. I like that, and they'll get to this with uh, Oedipus. Specifically, we've now divorced incest from being tied to any reason, like actual material reason why we have an incest prohibition. We have that just as a rule. You don't fuck your mom, so why? Well, it's bad, it's bad. Um, and so now that we've moved to this sort of place of uh, it being purely that, that type of repression doesn't exist in a way that isn't uh, representationally based. Uh, how a child learns, how a person grows, is through being told what the rules of society are. Uh, And, and how it happens when a child's growing up and how it happens when we're teenagers is they'll say things like, you want to be successful, you need to do this, or don't do that if you want blah, blah, blah. Uh, People are told all their lives and uh, the younger generation is one of the biggest victims of this. Work hard so you can get into the right college and then go deeply into debt in college so you can be successful. These are the rules. Now, they're not imminent actual social realities, and they never were. These are just the rules of things and how things are organized and we're told how to do it. These representations of it. Um, this type of teaching that is happening in families, this is the the thing they're talking about, the core edipalization. This shift by divorcing us from the sort of imminent experience of life is freeing at the same time as it is sort of damning in this new way where we have the political demands and the economic demands being organized outside of the family and pushed in so when we talk about Oedipus Oedipus isn't like a a real thing it's a representation and an organization and an apparatus that produces very specific things by going into stuff but the things that it needs in order to sort of exist is privatized people non-public because we have our private lives Um, you're not going to tell me how to raise my kid you're not going to tell me to get a vaccine, all of that stuff. Um, You're not going to do that to my family. I'm going to raise my kid. And the more and more we move to this privatized, hyper-individualized, atomized people, which is what capital wants, because then capital can utilize its images to control us very, very nicely. The more edipolized we become because everything becomes mommy, daddy, me. Everything becomes triangulated in one of three things. And to go back, The reason that sucks is not because mommy and daddy suck. It's not because Oedipus sucks. The reason that sucks is because things have more than three corners. Like the tablecloth example they have of everything being folded in, that's the problem. Capital wants to privatize. Capital wants to push us into as simplified a language as possible because then we can relate everything back to production very nicely and to these things that can point us in a very particular direction, always, instead of just allowing us to be wherever we're at. Uh, This is the sort of critique that they're pulling off here. The family ceases to be a unit of production and of reproduction. When the conjunction again finds in the family the meaning of a simple unit of consumption, it is father and mother we consume, everything becomes that. In the aggregate of departure, there is the boss, the foreman, the priest, the tax collector, cop, soldier, worker, all machines and territorialities, all social images of our society. But in the aggregate of destination, in the end, there is no one but daddy, mommy, me. And this is a a real thing people deal with. There's a reality to this. Uh, And it may be mommy is the soldier. Like, I don't really give a fuck. This isn't even about that. This is about... Me and my growing experience, all the way through to becoming an adult, has in my understanding, these are the roles mommy plays and this is the role daddy plays. Two people, I have two coordinates. It doesn't even need to be mommy, daddy, but in Oedipus it is. These two coordinates and me as the origin point, that's it, it collapses everything. And this is the problem. This is everything has to be turned into this representational sort of second tier simulacra bullshit, everything does. Because otherwise, how does a child learn anything? They don't have a society or a social order that they're directly dealing with. They have mommy's rules and daddy's rules. That's, by the way, that's not fun to do either. How do, how do you fucking parent? Parenting sucks.
3: It's very, very difficult. Tough.
2: Um,
4: I have one question. Uh, thank you so much for the Um, But I have one more question about how this perhaps differs from a uh, a parental structure that you would recognize in Rousseau or something like that. That is sort of would you say that's pre-capital? I don't even I don't even know if if, if that's if that's fair to say, but um because when it comes to these sort of structures plus um axio axiomatic uh way of relating to the socius isn't, isn't, um, someone like Rousseau very similar in that. Um, and, or my question is more like what changed compared to like his writing on, um, how to be a citizen.
0: Um, I, I don't have personally too much experience with Rousseau myself, but the, the time frame I can confidently say is within capital it's within Freud's world. That's this, the, the hyper bougie lifestyle, uh, uh, that time frame and how society should work and how parents should be doing their thing. Again, we're dealing deeply with representations because capital is what is organizing things. Uh, capital or- is organizing production throughout the 1800s. Like, it's already happening. Um, so the, the the time frame fits in with that
1: just in general.
0: I I, I can't speak too deeply on Husserl. Maybe someone else can.
1: I, I may be... I I thought he said hush too. He's saying Rousseau. Um, oh, Rousseau.
0: Sorry. The accent. It's a yeah. lovely accent, but sometimes.
4: <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. Hussle.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, there we go. See the We have good French that, that's, it, that's what that it is. Um but Misha, I mean I, I don't have the familiar with Rousseau either, but I think I think one of the great difficulties and, and maybe it gets at your question, um, but it's something that I, I think is challenging is that you still have the familial here. It's just not the familial in terms of uh, the human, right? So it's not, it's not the human father. It's you know the institutional father. It's the the father as, um, as money, right? So the filiative and the alliance are still there, and you still get the familial, but it's an economic familial, and it's not one because they do address Rizzo in the beginning. It's not a familial that can be put into a segregation of nature or um, culture right they don't Deleuze and Gutterrie don't play that it's a it's a familiar it's an economic familiarity that although it is social production is nonetheless um, coextensive with anything that would be natural uh, or anything that would be cultural because those two things are going to be through that medium of um of capital as socius, right, through social production. Anything that we would um, venture to find as natural would be through that medium as much as anything we would find um, as cultural. It would still be in this point about, um, you know, capital and the familial encountering Mm -hmm. both of those images um, at the same time. That's really well put, Jeff. Even if they are derived. derived.
0: That's a really good, that's really well put, actually.
3: Misha did yeah, that
4: well, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine a better answer. That's, that's exactly what I was uh, looking for. Yeah, wow, thank you.
3: Excellent.
0: Uh, any then other then, comments or? Sorry, Jack, go ahead.
1: Yes, and then I think that is part of the difficulty here. Is right, we want to at least, especially like coming from like um, young and that right? You know, there's still the sense that the familial would at least have something human, right? But, um, you know, that's that's really fallen away here. It's still there's still a human question and all that, right? But it's not, it's not through that medium.
3: All right, I will go to the next paragraph, uh, unless anyone has a last little thought or note. All right, Oedipus at last.
0: In the end, it is a very simple operation, one that indeed readily lends itself to formalization, although it involves universal history. We have seen in what sense schizophrenia was the absolute limit of every society, inasmuch as it sets in motion decoded and deterritorialized flows that it restores to desiring production, at the bounds of all social production, and capitalism, the relative limit of every society, inasmuch as it axiomatizes the decoded flows and re territorializes the deterritorialized flows. We have also seen that capitalism finds in schizophrenia its own exterior limit, which is continually repelling and exercising. while capitalism itself produces its imminent limits, which it never ceases to displace and enlarge. But capitalism still needs a displaced interior limit in another way, precisely in order to neutralize or repel the absolute exterior limit, the schizophrenic limit. It needs to internalize this limit, this time by restricting it, by causing it to pass no longer between social production and the desiring production that breaks away from social production, but inside social production, between the form of social production and the form of a familial reproduction to which social production is reduced, between the social aggregate and the
3: private sub-aggregate to which the social aggregate is applied. Uh, This is why we
0: have axiomatics and the family as the center of that. It's why Oedipus exists. Capital needs us to continually limit within it, within all of this, inside of these limits. Um, Because, I mean, capital
3: doesn't have limits, not in that way. We have to produce them. Um, Misha says, this reminds me of an attitude of austerity um
0: this reminds you as an attitude of austerity or this they're talking about how capital operates as an attitude of austerity
4: yeah it just reminds me of the very capitalist attitude of austerity um seen often and that's it feels like that's what they're describing right or not i
0: yes to me it's exactly what they're describing the idea that um uh, what happened yesterday on twitter elon musk said if Someone could prove that seven billion dollars would end world hunger. he would immediately sell seven billion of stock and donate it um, that but he didn't of course he fucking didn't um, the The nature of not spending on these things, despite it being a real choice the the way we need to have these rules about what makes a productive citizen, who are we supposed to take care of? Why we have these rules which are beaten into us from very early on in taught into us, the idea we can't have debt, the idea we can't do these things um, is very much the core of austerity and it is the uh, displaced interior limit that capitalism helps create within us, the family um, and we do it to our kids and and each other, private people. We do it privately. We're terrible. I want to write a Book on how to be a dad in Deleuze's spirit, like because no one's done that, and it's just this is, it's tough to read this and then go like actually be a dad, um, because all I have is the examples that I've experienced, and um, I don't know other options, and there's no one writing about that, except for weird hippies, and I'm not doing that
3: shit. Well,
1: it is a pretty sometimes bleak situation. Um, and it may certainly be true, but that's the case, right? That we have this kind of um, uh, problematic, as unfortunate as it is, uh, to provide some sense of the positive, I can reassure you, it is a great day for the Duluth and Watery Quarantine Collective. <laughs> well, the, the line that resonates
0: hard for me in here, um, it needs to internalize this limit, this time by restricting it by causing it to pass no longer between social production and the desiring production that breaks away from social production, but inside social production between the form of social production and the form of a familial reproduction to which social production is reduced between the social aggregate and the private sub aggregate to which social aggregate is applied. This, this is another, uh, as I was, I've been saying Misha and we were talking a little bit earlier, this is, these, these transitions, these bits of machine pieces that are moving around inside of all of this. It's this play towards, uh, and here's another one um, where the societal repression comes from. Where do we have these limits? How are these things setting up? And it's no longer, as they say here, no longer between social production and desiring production that breaks away from social production uh, under the despotic or the uh, primitive. That's where the limits were. It's you, you may desire to do these things, but we need to keep them in check within social production. I can't, I can't break that. That's not where capitalism sits. It's not anymore repressing my desire at that point. It's repressing my desire before my desire has been fucking formed. Like inside of the family, between the social aggregate and the private sub aggregate to which it is applied. It's, moved inwards towards the subject because of the private, privatization of things. Instead of being this, uh, it's it's why I get to some point the people who want a despot and want to return to that because it feels like, oh, well, then the, the, the pressure's no longer on me directly. It's a guy asshole who's applying it to all of social production and, and just underneath that, like all of us people, we're all being equally oppressed instead of each of us having our own little choke collars i get the impetus uh that's that's the frustration and that's where we live now we all have our own individual choke collars applied to us through the family instead of uh united as people against a larger social production or order it's a really uh amazing set of lines that i attach to
1: yeah, I, I like to, 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 I like the line you really focused on there, too, this point about kind of the in-between. right? So you get the binary law as always, the emission of a flow and the break of a flow, and the schizophrenic being bound up in the reconfiguration there, right? Um, as opposed to being kind of absorbed into the um, the representation, right? Um, and I'm trying to remember the the... It's kind of interesting to think about that, right? Something like, right, kind of perhaps a line of flight there but even something like the what early water i think called the transversal line right but that line that basically is able to create a uh, more or less a relationship between two parallel lines right oh, to allow for yes. an intersection where there otherwise wouldn't be one
0: yeah he, he talked about the transversal line inside of uh specifically clinical settings um The idea that doctors exist and nurses exist. They talk amongst each other, but there's no one going between them. You don't have a transversal line. You do because a nurse, I think he was talking about a nurse having an affair with a doctor or whatever it may be. That transversal line changes ultimately uh, how these things sort of uh, interact. I I think there's a lot of that here. To me, this is more of a, again, to go back to the idea of uh, through time, uh, we have our needs as a society. That's the, the social order, the, the social production at large. Uh, we all need to be doing things to make a society function. There you go. At some point, um, someone does something that's not that, breaks off from it. Now in, the, in, the, in the primitive or in the despotic, they were dealt with harshly, we'll say. Um, they were dealt with very harshly because it was about finding the people who would break that and then straightening them the fuck out but that's not where the line is with capital. We feel like it is because we still have the political line and we, we have that, but that's not the setup. Instead, we actually have the line now between the form of social re- reproduction and the form of familial reproduction. The line is within families. The line is within the setup. I, uh, the That is where the extent of our uh, our openness is allowed to be Oh we 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 stamp down anyone who's getting outside of that. I'm not going to let my child uh I'm thinking back to you know granted I'm old now. So it's not as much uh, dad's not wanting their kids to be in drama. My dad was supportive fortunately, but it was in my area it was seen as something that uh was for the homosexuals uh, only. Um and the weirdos. Uh this this sort of mentality that is pushed in to the family that keeps people aimed at very specific goals that keeps children aimed at very specific goals this is the line now it's no longer as i grow and everything and then at some point i might break away it's like no we actually we stop you much earlier than that which is uh, this is just depressing me every fucking paragraph i read is depressing me more um because that's the, the shift
3: in the line is the big point of that paragraph. And I really love
1: it. And I, I think that's why it's kind of important. Because um, there, there is kind of that what if there that in the passage you read, right? That there is this kind of what if. It, um, and I'm focusing on it as transversal because um, I think it makes more sense right there between the omission and the break, right? There would be this connection of reconfiguration um, and partly because I think it helps us expand what um, helps us expand on some of the early Rotarian thought as it would permeate yeah, I, I think here, right?
0: I think it'll, it'll apply more when we start getting into chapter four, where they're talking about how to combat it. But um, specifically, like, how it functions and where that line is, I think, is the important thing here. Because it's a shift. It's a shift from uh, society oppressing to family oppression. And that's
3: a big, big deal. It's, it's both, right? But it's a different interplay of the two. Yeah, I think that's worth discussing. But uh, I, I do want to continue. Uh, any
0: comments, questions on this paragraph before I move on? Anybody? As I move on. Oedipus is this displaced or internalized limit where desire lets itself be caught. The Oedipal Triangle is the personal... <coughs>
3: Pardon me. The Oedipal Triangle is the personal and private territoriality
0: that corresponds to all of capitalism's efforts at social re-territorialization. Oedipus was always the displaced limit for every social formation, since it is the displaced representative of desire. But in the primitive formations, this limit remains vacant precisely insofar as the flows are coded and as the interplay of alliances and filiations keeps families extended according to the scale of the determinations of the social field, preventing any secondary reduction of the latter to the former. In the despotic formations, the Oedipal limit is occupied, symbolically occupied, but not lived or inhabited, inasmuch as the imperial incest affects an overcoating that in turn surveys the entire social field from above, uh, the repressing representation. The formal operations of flattening, extrapolation and so on that later belong to Oedipus are already sketched out, but within a symbolic space where the object from on high is formed. It is only in the capitalist formation that the Oedipal limit finds itself not only occupied, but inhabited and lived, in the sense in which the social images produced by the decoded flows actually fall back on restricted familial images invested by desire. It is at this point in the imaginary that Oedipus is constituted, at the same time as it completes its migration in the in-depth elements of representation. The displaced represented has become as such the representation of desire. Hence, it goes without saying that this becoming or this constitution does not develop under the categories imagined in the earlier social formation, since the imaginary Oedipus results from such a becoming and not the inverse. It is not via a flow of shit or a wave of incest that Oedipus arrives, but via the decoded flows of capital money. The waves of incest and shit are only secondary derivatives of the latter, insofar as they transport the private persons to which the flows of capital are reduced or applied, which explains the complex origin of their relation that is completely distorted in the psychoanalytic equation shit equals money. In reality, it is a question of encounters or conjunctions of derivatives and resultants between decoded flows. Jack, if you would to analyze that, I'm going to take
3: a restroom break real quick.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. I stole my cell phone due to Wi-Fi issues. But yeah, I can kick us off there. Um, so once again, we're going through the three SOCI, right? Uh, we're, we're, in a sense, we never leave that. So this helps us understand the transfiguration of Oedipus, right? That Oedipus has developed between the socii. Um is not something to take for granted, right? That Oedipus would uh, why did they use shit as an in- okay I'll get to that. Um always does come back to shit though, it's strange. Um, even when you read Arto. Anyways, um it can't be taken for granted or taken lightly that Oedipus um is not only part of the representational, but that is actually transformed in those three socii. That it's not Um, Wholesalable. you can't just say Oedipus was there um, in the same way it is now. Just like we were saying about the familial, the use of signifiers, the physical markings that can constitute an aunt or uncle uh, in relation to a debt. uh, And a debt that's uh, in terms of debiting rather than crediting at that time or in that condition. um, As opposed to in the despotic where the um, that kind of more mental aspect of it or that signified element uh, or what they're calling here, I think the imaginary, or was it the, sym- I think it was the symbolic what they were pointing at, that um, that would be more constitutive of Oedipus and its relationship to that representation. That right there, you have this movement uh, of the Oedipal, still in terms of representation, but that, you know, that here it's not representing the germinal influx that's actually being repressed here it's taking a new place. Whereas ultimately, when you get to capital, right, all of a sudden, they, the whole matter has changed, right, as they write, um see here. It is at this point the imagine, in the imaginary that Oedipus is constituted. At the same time, as it completes its migration, so we're back to this, um, this movement between socii and the in-depth elements of representation, the displaced, representat- the displaced represented has become, as such, the re- representation of desire. Right, the Oedipus comes to actually occupy something, as opposed to just um, showing us an empty limit. Right, we talked about how incest in the in the primitive isn't really possible, as in, in a large part because it's not even um, right. I mean, it's not what's desired in the first place, like here, but um, the decoded flows is such, right, that it's just not possible for them, uh, and and Oedipus to kind of have that commingling, because it's a, we're talking about limits. But now, for the first time, between the the limits of schizophrenia and uh, of capitalism, we actually find the uh, an occupation of uh, that that what was previously vacant. Uh, as for yeah, Harto talks about shit a lot. Um, I mean, shit, shit is, is
0: right? shit is one of those things that's used pretty much all the time in, I mean, everything. Uh, when it comes to psychoanalytic theory, like it's it's not uncommon for that for that to just be a thing in Freud or in Lacan. Um, I mean, Žižek fucking has like a twenty minute rant about toilets and poop. Like it's pretty common.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got to deal with excrement, right? And I mean. To your point about psychoanalysis it's the second stage right anality um so i think that's part of it right i mean and we kind of know this right like in a, in a more colloquial manner you know the whole idea of having and um working with people who are anal right who are penny pinchers in a sense it is a question of kind of the clenching um and we kind of talk about it that way sometimes too or the way that it's released right and that's something that a sphincter would be kind of uh, flexing, and we, which is, I think, part of the reason we call our bosses assholes, right? So there might be a connection there. In Oedipus,
0: there is a recapitulation of the three states or the three machines. For Oedipus makes ready in the territorial machine as an empty, unoccupied limit. It takes form in the despotic machine as a symbolically occupied limit but it is filled and carried to completion only by becoming the imaginary Oedipus of the capitalist machine. The despotic machine preserved the primitive territorialities, and the capitalist machine resuscitates the Urstadt as one of the poles of the axiomatic. It makes the despot into one of its images. That is why Oedipus gathers up everything. Everything is found again in Oedipus, which is indeed the result of universal history but in the singular sense, in which capital is already this result. Fetishes, idols, images, and simulacra, here we have the whole series. Territorial fetishes, despotic idols or symbols, and then everything is recapitulated in images of capitalism, which shapes and reduces them to the Oedipal simulacrum. The representative of the local group with Laius the territoriality with Jocasta, the despot with Oedipus himself, quote, a motley painting of everything that has ever been believed, end quote. It comes as no surprise that Freud looks to Sophocles for the central images of image of Oedipus the despot, the myth, become tragedy, in order to make the image radiate into contrary directions, the ritual primitive direction of Totem and Taboo, and the private direction of modern man, the dreamer. Oedipus can be myth, a tragedy, or a dream.
1: It always expresses the displacement of the limit. I'll offer a brief comment on that last bit in parentheses. This kind of humor to losing sometimes their best lines are in parentheses, right? Kind of bracketed it out for you. Uh, Oedipus can be a myth, a tragedy, or a dream. It always expresses the displacement of the limit. That I think is really important to consider, um, because we've talked about this this aspect of capitalism, right? We were just talking about the uh, the possibility of something transversal, or of a line of flight, right? This question of the the between um, the break and the flow, right? That kind of binary law, and then the way the Oedipus is kind of bound up in um, preventing that kind of break right, or that kind of in-betweenness, but also kind of the absorption of it into the social representation. And I think that's really critical there because when we're talking about the limit as displaced, the suggestion in that, that bracketed out um, sentence is that when we find the, expre- uh, the displacement, of the limit, we find it expressed through Oedipus, right, that the familial would actually be bound up in the point of arrival, the reconstitution of that limit, um, I think, is kind of interesting to think about. Mm. Then
4: I will continue. Um, sorry, oh, please. I just have one, one quick question. When they say displacement of the limit, do they mean a displacement from a limit that was technically endless, but forcefully uh, given a limit? Or do they mean that, the, that it actually expands the limit? In the last
3: sentence,
1: Ooh. reconfigures the limit, right? Reestablishes it in a new kind of context, right? So you have like these two limits: the absolute and the relative, right? Or respectively, uh, schizophrenia and capitalism. Um, there you go. So the title of the book. Uh, but anyways, Wait,
4: the absolute uh, and relative is it also to absolute and relative deterritorialization? That's the same. That's the same thing.
1: I don't think they call it absolute and relative deterritorialization here. Uh, um, but do you mean like the first and second great deterritorializations? Because if so, I think the answer probably would be likely yes, because those are encounters with, um, at, le- at least with the schizophrenic and with capital. Right, those are stages along the way.
3: Was that a yes? We can move on or because
0: that's actually a really great question misha and i'm actually i actually think we should spend time on it another time i want it's actually a really good question because i think i think jack's right in that they
3: don't use it the same way but i like how you phrased it uh because yeah actually i don't have a direct answer
4: yeah i'm a bit confused but i think it's nice to sit in this confusion for a bit so let's move on
0: yeah that's a good confusion because that's one i don't think Is directly addressed in any of the secondary texts, so that's at least an interesting thing. Oedipus would be nothing if the symbolic position of an object from on high and the despotic machine did not first make possible the folding and flattening operations that will constitute Oedipus in the modern social field, the triangulations cause. Whence the extreme importance but also the indeterminate nature, the non-decidability, of the argument advanced by psychoanalysis as most profound innovator, which makes the displaced limit pass between the symbolic and the imaginary, between symbolic castration and imaginary Oedipus. For castration in the order of the despotic signifier as the law of the despot or the effect of the object from on high is in reality the formal condition of the Oedipal images that will be deployed in the field of eminence left uncovered by the withdrawal of the signifier. I reach desire when I arrive at castration. What does the desire-castration equation signify if not, in fact, a prodigious operation that consists in replacing desire under the law of the despot, in introducing lack there at the deepest levels, and in rescuing us from Oedipus by means of a fantastic regression a fantastic and brilliant regression. Someone had to do it. No one helped me, as Lacan says, to shake loose the yoke of Oedipus and carry it to the point of its autocritique. But it is like the story of the resistance fighters who, wanting to destroy a pylon, balanced the plastic charges so well that the pylon blew up and fell back into its hole. From the symbolic to the imaginary, from castration to Oedipus, and from the despotic age to capitalism, Inversely, there is the progress leading to a withdrawal of the overseeing and overcoding object from on high, which gives way to a social field of eminence where the decoded flows produce images and level them down. whence the two aspects of the signifier, a barred transcendent signifier taken in a maximum that distributes lack, and an imminent system of relations between minimal elements that come to fill the uncovered field somewhat. Similar in traditional terms to the way one goes from the Parmenidian being to the atoms of Democritus. A transcendent object that is more and more spiritualized for a field of forces that is more and more imminent, more and more internalized. This describes the evolution of the infinite debt through Catholicism, then the Reformation the extreme spiritualization of the despotic state and the extreme internalization of the capitalist field define bad conscience bad conscience the latter is not cynicism's contrary it is in private persons the correlate of the cynicism of social persons all the cynical tactics of bad conscience just as Nietzsche and then Lawrence and Miller analyzed them to arrive at a definition of civilized European man. The hypnosis and the reign of images, the torpor they spread, the hatred of life and of all that is free, of all that passes and flows, the universal effusion of the death instinct, depression and guilt used as a means of contagion, the kiss of a vampire. Aren't you ashamed to be happy? Follow my example. I won't let you go before you say it's my fault. Oh, ignoble contagion of the depressives, neurosis as the only illness consisting in making others ill, the permissive structure, let me deceive, rob, slaughter, kill, but in the name of the social order, and so daddy mommy will be proud of me, the double direction given to resentment, the turning back against oneself, the projection against the other. The father is dead, it's my fault, who killed him? It's your fault, it's the Jews, the Arabs, the Chinese, all the resources of racism and segregation, the abject desire to be loved, the whimpering at not being loved enough, at not being understood. Concurrent with the reduction of sexuality to a dirty little secret, this whole priest's psychology, there is not a single one of these tactics that does not find in Oedipus its land of milk and honey its good provider, nor is there a single one of these tactics that does not serve and develop in psychoanalysis with the latter as the new avatar of the
3: ascetic ideal. God, some of these paragraphs are so great. Also really
0: striking me awfully. So um, if we want to talk real quick, Misha, let's go way back uh, to the question about anti-production. Uh, and Rem- I think all of us were talking about this. Here is, this is anti-production, these last bits. The hatred of life and all that is free of all that passes and flows, the universal effusion of the death instinct. That's just anti-production. Depression and guilt used as a means of contagion, the kiss of the vampire. Aren't you ashamed to be happy? Follow my example. I won't let go before you say it's my fault. Um, these ring as... ever been around a parent these are things you say to kids a child slaps you kicks you uh uh pinches you scratches you whatever it may be kids do lots of weird shit when they're young um do you force them to acknowledge that they did a wrong thing or not um my wife have not taken this tactic it's very tempting and difficult not to just so you know um it's a it's an instinctual sort of response in my experience. Um, to be like, hey, I want you to know you did this thing. Do you know you did this? Um, but that's... He was happy doing it. So I can ruin a person right there. It's it's so... Uh, not to make this a lot about my shit, but it's so hard for me not to. This is... It's hard not just to see this as the stuff, but to continue real quick the building of this I'm, I'm having a fight on reddit with some guy who's like really angry that i said his parents uh, who are into fox news were brainwashed he's like they're smart they're never brainwashed i'm like oh for fucking christ um the the uh the lines here the double direction given to resentment the turning back against oneself the projection against the other the father is dead. It's my fault. Who killed him? Well, it's your fault? The Jews, the Arabs, the Chinese. Um, literally the Republican Party in two sentences in America. And I think most right-wing movements are that. Pretty well personified. The father is dead. It's my fault. Who killed him? It's your fault. The Jews, the Arabs, the Chinese. Um, I mean, that's literally the last six years. What the fuck? Literally those three, actually. Um, well, I mean, they forgot the Mexicans, but hey, they're not Americans. But it's uh, this ascetic ideal, this play towards this. This. There's not a single one of these tactics that does not find an Oedipus its land of milk and honey. This is the priest's psychology. They,
3: they, this is how this is produced. Uh Please anybody. Well, I think um, Uh, ascetic. Just real quick, Uh, ascetic Mm -hmm. is
0: severe self deprivation uh, in the honor of kind of some greater meaning. Um, The ascetic ideal of a priest, uh, a nun off to a convent, uh, the Buddhist monk who disappears. The ascetic ideal. Um, That's the the idea there. A spiritual austerity,
3: world austerity as well. The 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 removal of desire, sort of disconnection. Please, Jack, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm only going to offer um, just a brief remark here. Um, but uh, in terms of the anti-production, and the death instinct, I do think it's important to note one thing. Right, that these these, especially when they are talking about Nietzsche and the bad um, bad conscience, resentment, um, guilt right guilt's usually the the big one um and what it's doing in these societies right they've taken the pains to talk about how the death drive um is moving into these things right the latency of the death drive and, and things like that right where guilt is this kind of latent aspect of um uh of production right especially at the social uh, at the level of social production where in the molar one finds um you know the guilt and it's latent it's um i shouldn't say it. well yeah here i could i could i could actually say it and it's latent expression but otherwise it's um in the, the the spots it's latent um signification right it's latent um symbolism if you like and I, I do think that's an, uh, important to note because especially as things are changing right it does become a question of how can anti-production um be part of a, desiring in social production, right? And I think this is part of the challenge as they're going through, like, um, you know, capital is this vampire, right? Um, uh, this vampire is sucking dead labor and that, there, right? There's something here about anti production that comes with presentiment and that, um, that nonetheless is a hallmark for the expression of the civil, right? Especially insofar as we're talking about um you know the distribution right the things that will be done in the unconscious at the level of social production right um are going to come with um these points about resentment and that that when we represent um or that when we encounter represent representations of the unconscious it's going to come with things like guilt and resentment um, and in a familial and economic manner right the guilt of the father or the guilt of the sun since they're going to like Laos and that, right? Um, Especially since the ladder comes out in the end of the play, right? That guilt um, in a sense can be kind of latent. But yeah, that's just a a brief observation.
0: Um, We have crossed the two-hour mark. I'm going to go ahead and make this our stopping point for the week. Uh, I'll mark this in the... Continue next week with once again psychoanalysis, did not event purpose. Merely provides a territoriality. We'll continue there.